time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. We have fallen into a place where we need to re-spirit our life. Because of the assault of our trust, our confidence, as well as the assault on our energy reserves. Your own consciousness is pure, happy, compassionate, and kind by nature, but to find that, we must really learn to let go of the unconscious turbulence that we can fall into when our awareness is so externalized that we lose connection with our inner peace. The moment you make a shift from external to internal, everything changes. You remember your purpose, you look forward to new challenges, and face life with renewed optimism. I'm Dr. Susan Taylor, and today let's talk about respiriting our life. I just finished a teacher training event where we focused on rewiring our emotional and mental well-being. In other words, respiriting, bringing the energy back to our life. I thought I'd continue today with some of the highlights and some of the discussions that we had that may be of interest. Most people now have had a full year, and more actually, of mind-flooded fear and negativity. Despite being told we're coming back to normal, sometimes it really doesn't feel that way. We're seeing across the human landscape different emotional and psychological responses due to feelings of loss of a loved one, loss of a job, and loss of life as we knew it. The span of feelings may range from people feeling victimized, you know, resulting in anger, hostility, frustration, helplessness, and even panic. Again, these are all rooted with fear, you know, which actually has been fed through the media. Others have had feelings of acceptance and equanimity and was aware of what was happening but didn't let it get into, you know, just really get absorbed into their mental and emotional well-being. The latter tends to be more rare, but it needs to be recognized and acknowledged if we're going to heal ourselves and respirit our lives. Finding acceptance is the first place where healing begins, and that leads to inner peace. Once we get a glimpse of peace, we find meaning in anything that's happening or has happened. And this leads to opportunity, leading to an influx of all possibilities. At least that's been my experience. Look, fear is innate in all of us. We're wired for survival, which translates into what's called negativity bias. Neuroscientists have that name, the name, they came up with that name of this automatic habit of the brain that attempts to keep us alive, called negativity bias. It's an adaptive trait of human psychology that served us when we were hunting and gathering in the savanna maybe 200 to 700,000 years ago. So it's pretty well-grained in our mechanism of our neurosystem. In modern times, however, this habit of the mind's way of thinking 
rewires our brain, causing us to be reactive than proactive. If we get a sharp text or an ignored response, we text somebody or email and it just goes unnoticed, we may react, not respond, as if our life were in danger. When in fact, we all know it's when we study yoga science and what we've been studying here in our community, the ego, when the ego is not polished, it takes offense to that and feels danger. What's going to happen? And that's the issue. When we react, it's our lower brain that gets activated. And once activated, a cascade of stress hormones get put into action. And we're left with a heightened fight and flee response because we're fixated on potential threats, unable to see the bigger picture. Our mind then becomes clouded and our thoughts impaired. Our energy gets depleted. This becomes hardwired because the more we practice it, it becomes automatic. Neuroscientist Rick Hansen has a great analogy for this looking at the negative side of things in his book called The Buddha Brain or Buddha's Brain. And he writes, your brain is like Velcro for negative experiences and Teflon for positive ones. So when someone doesn't return your call or your text, or you don't even get a job that you wanted, and for any disappointment of that matter, things don't go your way, you tend or the mind tends to focus on the negative because you're wired to forget all the good things, the positive. So he's suggesting that we're wired for this. And I looked into, well, what happens to our health when we're with this negativity bias? Well, with too much fear and worry, we know that we deplete beneficial brain chemicals like the neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine, which make us feel great, slowing the production of brain-derived nootropic factor. That's called BDNF. It's a protein required for new brain cell formation. So we're not really having great cell formation happening when we have too much fear or worry. The brain actually shrinks. You shrink the size of your brain and your brain center that it responds to fear gets enlarged. You're actually feeding that. And what that causes is a, a response that automatically happens because you're rewiring for that response to happen. You also increase your risk for psychiatric and neurodegenerative diseases. You accelerate the brain's aging process. And when stress becomes chronic, it actually changes your brain down to the level of your DNA. So you may feel that negative thoughts are keeping you safe, right? That's why we do it. We want to stay safe. But what they're really doing is holding you captive in a vicious cycle of stress which results in misery, unhappiness, lack of energy. That's where my, my book, Return to Radiance, came about. Putting together a program where at least we get into a systematic routine that can keep us, keep our mind on track for longer periods of time. And that's key to be able to get into a systematic routine. Otherwise, we always get pulled off our track of where we're going. How do we move out of negativity bias? Well, this came up in the class, which was very interesting. The, the proponents of be positive, be positive, everything's great. Well, that also has some problems because 
being positive doesn't mean ignoring what is happening and not respecting your feelings and emotions. Being positive means having the ability to recognize a situation, step away from that situation, observe it without blame and finger pointing, and then choose what you want to feed your mind with regard to the situation. That's the key. That's the way I look at positivity. And one of the participants had brought that up. There's a name and I forgot what it actually is going around when people are saying, oh, let's look at the positive. Well, when there's a riot and when there's things happening and people lose their lives or people are losing jobs, people are starving, people are dying. To, to really minimize that is not exactly where we're going when I talk about moving out of negativity bias. Again, being positive means not ignoring what's happening, but being able to step back, recognize the situation and step away and observe it and not have that reaction to it. We become proactive. So in the last one year, we can, let's look at the pandemic. We were involved emotionally. We moved, you know, people were moved to blaming and pointing fingers, feeling grief, and perhaps rightly so, but there was also a response of stepping back and viewing a situation as devastating, but instead of pointing fingers and blaming, some people put energy into newly found opportunities like creating Zoom classes, online teachings, connecting with nature, connecting with people, where maybe we didn't even have connections before. So during this whole shutdown, we were able to learn and connect. We have new ways of looking at the way we're living. We got to see how much I know for myself, how much we're dependent on, how much we may have been distracting ourselves. All of this came about when we stay inside. Self-development was amazing. And I could go on and on with this. The point here is that during the pandemic, where some got caught in the onslaught of negative media, which that's what they're geared to do, and also personal loss, while some had personal loss, but turned that around and maybe found some opportunity. Doesn't make one bad, one good. They're just different elements here that I'm suggesting. I think as we move forward, we can all jump on board to rewrite our future, knowing that life is ever changing and it would serve us better individually as well as collectively to flip the switch and rewire our brain and look for opportunities in everything. Because we do have choices how we respond, but this requires practice. And as I always say, science does meet practice. We can have self-knowledge, but we need to practice this. So how can we respirit our life? Well, we could remain calm, shift, and rewire. This simple strategy puts into the practice Hebb's principle, neurons that fire together, wire together. It's the scientific knowledge that actually sheds light on neuroplasticity. You've heard me speak about this in other episodes, that the brain isn't fixed. Whatever we focus on, we create a physical representation in the brain. In other words, our brains are not stuck forever, and that's the good news. That's what we need to respirit our life. We need to remain calm, and I'll go over each one of these, shift our consciousness and rewire. 
by taking the opportunity each day to bring our attention to this practice, we'll actually build a habit of shifting out of negativity bias to respirited energy, remembering who we are and why we're here in life. How do we integrate the practice of remain calm, shift and rewire into the midst of everyday life? Now that's just another thing, right? We're saying, but it's quite easy. Be aware of your negativity bias. That's what I mean when I say remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment. Being aware is the key to change. The first step is to bring our awareness to this ordinary habit of the mind. Catch yourself. In yoga science, we would say catch the hold of prawn or your energy. And when you find yourself slipping from a state of inner contentment and venturing out into self-doubt, rumination, anxiety, and fear, catch yourself. Just be aware that this is happening. Don't make any judgments. And as soon as your awareness kicks in that you've drifted, actually that sets the brain's default mode network to wake up and notice, it opens a space for carving a new neural pathway. And then we shift our awareness to the breath and activate a new pathway by thinking of something you are grateful for. Shifting allows you to flood this space with a more productive focus of attention. A few seconds of gratitude is the most efficient way to do this actually. Think of one thing you're grateful for right now. Is it your job, your health, your home, your family, being able to be out in nature? How great you are, your intelligence, your talents, your living, living as a human being. Make that your go-to place in the beginning so you don't have to sit there and say, oh, what can I be grateful for? Just put something in the minefield now and whenever you catch your mind drifting off, you can shift your awareness right to that space. And the third is to rewire your brain. You stay in this new energy field for 15 seconds at least. 30 would be optimal or let's say 11 breaths and then you begin establishing a new groove that encodes a new neural pathway in your brain. This is where practice comes into effect because the mind likes to identify with the negative happenings. We talked about that and it does tap into survival instincts. This is a step where we create a new habit, not get rid of an old one. When we try to change an old one, we really can't. And I use the expression, if you have, you're riding a bike and you're on an old dirt road and there was a rainstorm with big, thick tire imprints that have hardened over. If your bike tire gets in that hardened print, what happens is it's real hard to get out of that. Well, that's what happens with our mind groove. So we want to create a new groove in which we can just train our mind to stay on that track. And when we create the new groove, our mind field will change and that creates a physical representation in your brain. Remember, anything that goes on in the mind leaves a physical representation in your brain. And the best thing about this practice is it's time efficient, it's portable. <laughs> We're not having to sit down and do it. It's just life changing. And it takes about 15 to 30 seconds. You can do it at any time, anywhere. And you'll begin to experience an immediate shift in your mindset and energy level. The moment you make this shift, everything will change and you begin to remember your purpose and you look forward to new opportunities, new challenges and face life with a renewed optimism.
that's respiriting your life. Try it once a day, every day for a week, and see what happens. Even if you don't find yourself drifting off into the negativity bias, even stop and just try it. I've been trying it and it really helps. It works. Let me know. Comment. Send me an email or you can do commenting. Comment on Susan Taylor PhD TV on YouTube and you can let me know. Let me know how it works. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you'd like to get the podcast automatically, it's available on your favorite podcast apps like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and others. You can also visit susantaylor.org and click on the subscribe button. If you haven't done so already, check out Return to Radiance on Amazon. It's a program that will especially be useful in respiriting your life with vital energy. And it's also a perfect gift for friends, family, or even colleagues. Contact us at susantaylor.org with any questions or comments or feedback. We'll be broadcasting all these questions and comments on the YouTube channel. So again, subscribe if you'd like and you want to stay in the loop. And if you know anyone that would like this podcast, please share it. Sharing helps support our community. And again, thanks for listening. The Susan Taylor Podcast does come out weekly. And again, any questions, comments, and something you might want to hear, let me know. And until next time, remain calm.